Section five of O Henryana by O Henry. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Phil Schempf. A professional secret. The story of a maid made over. Doctor Satterfield Prince, physician to the leisure class, looked at his watch. It indicated five minutes to twelve. At the stroke of the hour would expire the morning term set apart for the reception of his patients in his handsome office apartments, and then the young woman attendant ushered in from the waiting room the last unit of the wealthy and fashionable gathering that had come to patronize his skill. Dr. Prince turned, his watch still in hand, his manner courteous, but seeming to invite promptness and brevity in the interview the last patient was a middle-aged lady richly dressed with an amiable and placid face when she spoke her voice revealed the drawling musical slur and intonation of the south she had come she leisurely explained to bespeak the services of dr prince in the case of her daughter who was possessed of a most mysterious affliction and then femininely she proceeded to exhaustively diagnose the affliction informing the physician with a calm certitude of its origin and nature the diagnosis advanced by the lady mrs galloway rankin was one so marvellously strange and singular in its conception that dr prince accustomed as he was to the conceits and vagarities of wealthy malingerers was actually dumbfounded the following is the matter of mrs rankin's statement briefly reported she mrs rankin was of an old kentucky family the beals between the beals and another historic house the rankins had been waged for nearly a century one of the fiercest and most sanguinary feuds within the history of the state each generation had kept alive both the hate and the warfare until at length it was said that nature began to take cognizance of the sentiment and beals and rankins were born upon the earth as antagonistic toward each other as cats and dogs so for four generations the war had waged and the mountains were dotted with tombstones of both families at last for lack of fuel to feed upon the feud expired with only one direct descendant of the beals and one of the rankins remaining evelina beale aged nineteen and galloway rankin aged twenty-five the last mortal shot in the feud was fired by cupid the two survivors met became immediately and mutually enamoured and a miracle transpired on kentucky soil a rankin wedded a beale interposed and irrelevant to the story was the information that coal mines had been discovered later on the rankin lands and now the galloway rankins were to be computed among the millionaires all that was long enough ago for there to now be a daughter twenty years of age miss annabelle rankin for whose relief the services of dr prince was petitioned then followed in mrs rankin's statement a description of the mysterious though by her readily accounted for affliction it seemed that there was a peculiar difficulty in the young lady's powers of locomotion in walking a process requiring a coordination and unanimity of the functions dr prince said mrs rankin 
would understand and admit the non-existence of a necessity for anatomical specification there persisted a stubborn opposition a most contrary and counteracting antagonism in those successively progressive and generally unconsciously automatic movements necessary to proper locomotion there was a violent lack of harmony and mutuality to give an instance cited by mrs rankin if miss annabel desired to ascend a stairway one foot would be easily advanced to the step above but instead of aiding and abetting its fellow the other would at once proceed to start downstairs by a strong physical and mental effort the young lady could walk fairly well for a short distance but suddenly the rebellious entities would become uncontrollable and she would be compelled to turn undesirable corners to enter impossible doorways to dance shuffle sidestep and perform other undignified and distressing evolutions after setting forth these lamentable symptoms mrs rankin emphatically asserted her belief that the affliction was the result of heredity of the union between the naturally opposing and contrary beale and rankin elements she believed that the inherited spirit of the ancient feud had taken on physical manifestations exhibiting them in the person of the unfortunate outcome of the union of opposites that in miss annabel rankin was warring the imperishable antipathy of the two families in other words that one of miss rankin's that is to say that when miss rankin took a step it was a beale step and the next one was dominated by the bequeathed opposition of the rankins dr prince received the communication with his usual grave professional attention and promised to call the next day at ten to inspect the patient promptly at the hour his electric runabout turned into the line of stylish autos and hansoms that wait along the pavements before the most expensive hostelry on american soil when miss annabel rankin entered the reception parlor of their choice suite of rooms dr prince gave a little blink of surprise through his brilliantly polished nose-glasses the glow of perfect health and the contour of perfect beauty were visible in the face and form of the young lady but admiration gave way to sympathy when he saw her walk she entered at a little run swayed stepped off helplessly at a sharp tangent advanced marked time backed off recovered and sidled with a manoeuvring rush to a couch where she rested with a look of serious melancholy upon her handsome face dr prince proceeded with his interrogatories in the delicate reassuringly gentlemanly manner that had brought him so many patrons who placed a value upon those amenities miss annabel answered frankly and sensibly indeed for one of her years the feud theory of mrs rankin was freely discussed the daughter also believed in it soon the physician departed promising to call again and administer treatment then he buzzed down the avenue and four doors on an asphalted side street to the office of dr grumbleton myers the great specialist in locomotor ataxia and nerve ailments the two distinguished physicians shut themselves in a private office and the great myers dragged forth a decanter of sherry and a box of havanas when the consultation was over both shook their heads fact is summed up myers we don't know anything about anything 
i'd say treat symptoms now until something turns up but there are no symptoms the feud diagnosis then suggested dr prince archly ridding his cigar of its ash it's an interesting case said the specialist non-committally i say prince called myers as his collar was leaving er sometimes you know children that fight and quarrel are shut in separate rooms doesn't it seem a pity now that bloomers aren't in fashion by separ but they aren't smiled dr prince and we must be fashionable at any rate dr prince burned midnight oil or its equivalent a patent electric soft-shaded midnight incandescent over his case with such little success did his light shine that he was forced to make a little speech to the rankins full of scientific terms a thing he conscientiously avoided with his patience which shows that he was driven to expedient at last he was reduced to suggest treatment by hypnotism being crowded further he advised it and appeared another day with professor adami the most reputable and non-advertising one he could find among that school of practitioners miss annabelle gentle and melancholy fell an easy victim or should i say subject to the professor's influence previously instructed by dr prince in the nature of the malady he was about to combat the dealer in mental drugs proceeded to offer suggestion in the language of his school to the afflicted and unconscious young lady impressing her mind with the conviction that her affliction was moonshine and her perambulatory powers without impairment when the spell was removed miss rankin sat up looking a little bewildered at first and then rose to her feet walking straight across the room with the grace the sureness and the ease of a diana a leslie carter or a vassar basketball champion miss annabel's sad face was now lit with hope and joy mrs rankin of southern susceptibility wept a little delightedly upon a minute lace handkerchief miss annabel continued to walk about firmly and accurately in absolute control of the machinery necessary for her so to do dr prince quietly congratulated professor adami and then stepped forward smilingly rubbing his nose-glasses with an air his position enabled him to overshadow the hypnotizer who contented to occupy the background temporarily was busy estimating in his mind how large a bill for services he would dare to embellish the occasion when he should come to the front amid repeated expressions of gratitude the two professional gentlemen made their adieus a little elated at the success of the treatment which with one of them had been an experiment with the other an exhibition as the door closed behind them miss annabel her usually serious and pensive temper somewhat enlivened by the occasion sat at the piano and dashed into a stirring march outside the two men moving toward the elevator heard a scream of alarm from her and hastened back they found her on the piano stool with one hand still pressing the keys the other arm was extended rigidly to its full length behind her its fingers tightly clenched into a pink and pretty little fist her mother was bending over her joining in the alarm and surprise miss rankin rose from the stool now quiet but again depressed and sad i don't know what did it she said plaintively 
i began to play and that arm shot back it wouldn't stay near the piano while the other one was there a ping-pong table stood in the room a little game miss rankin cried professor adami gaily trying to feel his way they played with the racket in the refractory arm miss annabel played in fine style her control of it was perfect the professor laid down his racket ah a button is loose on my coat he said such is the fate of sorrowful bachelors a needle and thread now miss rankin a little surprised but smilingly acquiescence annabel brought the articles from another room now thread the needle if you please said professor adami annabel bit off two feet of the black silk when she came to thread the needle the secret was out as the hand presenting the thread approached the other holding the needle that arm was jerked violently away dr prince was first to reduce the painful discovery to words dear miss and mrs rankin he said in his most musical consolation baritone you have been only partially successful the affliction miss rankin has passed from your that is the affliction is now in your arms oh dear sighed annabel i have a beal arm and a rankin arm then well i can use one hand at a time anyway people won't notice it as they did before oh what an annoyance those feuds were to be sure it seems to me they should make laws against them dr prince looked inquiringly at professor adami that gentleman shook his head another day he said i prefer not to establish the condition at a lesser interval than two or three days so three days afterward they returned and the professor replaced miss rankin under control this time there was apparently perfect success she came forth from the trance and with full muscular powers she walked the floor with sure rhythmic step she played several difficult selections upon the piano the hands and arms moving with propriety and with allied ease miss rankin seemed at last to possess a perfectly well-ordered physical being as well as a very grateful mental one a week afterward there wafted into dr prince's office a youth generously gilded the hallmarks of society were deeply writ upon him i'm ashburton he explained t ripley ashburton you know i am engaged to miss rankin i understand you have been training her for some breaks in her gates t ripley ashburton caught himself didn't mean that you know slipped out been loafing around stables quite a lot i say dr prince i want you to tell me candidly you know i am awful spoons on miss rankin we're to be married in the fall you might consider me one of the family you know they told me about the treatment you gave her with the um er, medium fellow that set her up wonderfully i assure you she goes freely now and handles her for um i mean you know she's over all that old trouble but there's something else started up that's making the track pretty heavy so i called don't you understand i have not been advised said dr prince of any recurrence of miss rankin's indisposition t ripley ashburton produced a silver cigarette case and contemplated it tenderly receiving no encouragement he replaced it in his pocket with a sigh not a recurrence he said thoughtfully but something different 
possibly i am the only one in a position to know hate to discuss it reveal cupid's secrets you know such a jolly low thing to do but suppose the occasion justifies it if you possess any information or have observed anything said dr prince judicially through which miss rankin's condition might be benefited it is your duty of course to apply it in her behalf i need hardly remind you that such disclosures are held as secrets on professional honour i believe i mentioned said mr ashburton his finger still hovering around the pocket containing his cigarette case that miss rankin and i are ever so sweet upon each other she's a jolly swell girl if she did come from the kentucky mountains lately she's acted awful queerly she's awful affectionate one minute and the next she turns me down like a perfect stranger last night i called at the hotel and she met me at the door of their rooms nobody was in sight and she gave me an awful nice kiss er engaged you know dr prince and then she fired away and gave me an awful hard slap in the face i hate the sight of you she said how dare you take the liberty mr ashburton drew an envelope from his pocket and extracted from it a sheet of note-paper of delicate heliotrope tint you might read this note you know can't say it's a medical case pawn my honour but i'm awfully queered don't you understand dr prince read the following lines my dearest ripley do come around this evening there's a dear boy and take me out somewhere mamma has a headache and says she'll be glad to be rid of both of us for a while twas so sweet of you to send those pond lilies they're just what i wanted for the east windows you darling boy you're so thoughtful and good i am sure you're worth all the love of your very own annabel p s on second thoughts i will ask you not to call this evening as i shall be otherwise engaged perhaps it never occurred to you that there may be two opinions about the vast pleasure you seem to think your society affords others clothes and small talk of clubhouses and racetracks hardly ever succeed in making a man without other accessories very respectfully annabel rankin being deprived of the aid of his consolation cylinders t ripley ashburton sat gloomily revolving things in his mind ah exclaimed dr prince aloud but addressing the exclamation to himself driven from the arms to the heart he perceived that the mysterious hereditary contrariety had indeed taken up its lodging in that tender organ of the afflicted maiden the gilded youth was dismissed with the promise that dr prince would make a professional call upon miss rankin he did so soon in the company with professor adami after they had discussed the strange course taken by this annoying heritage of the beals and rankins this time as the location of the disorder required that the subject be approached with ingenuity some diplomacy was exercised before the young lady could be induced to submit herself to the professor's art but evidently she did so and emerged from the trance as usual without a trace of unpleasant effect with much interest and some anxiety dr prince passed several days awaiting the report of mr ashburton who indeed of all others would have to be depended upon to observe improvements if any had occurred 
one morning that youth dropped in jubilant it's all right you know he declared cheerfully miss rankins herself again she's as sweet as cream and the trouble's all off never a cross word or look i am her ducky all right she won't believe what i tell her about the way she used to treat me intimates that i make up the stories but it's all right now everything's running on rubber tires awfully obliged to you and the old boy er um, uh, the medium you know and i say now dr prince there's a wonderful improvement in miss rankin in every way she used to be rather stiff don't you understand sort of superior in a way bookish and a habit of thinking things you know well she's cured all round she's a topper now by any bunch in the set swell and stylish and lively oh the crowd will fall into her lead when she becomes mrs t ripley now i say dr prince you and the uh, medium gentleman come and take supper to-night with mrs and miss rankin and me i'd be delighted if you would now i would indeed just for you to see you know the improvement in miss rankin it transpired that dr prince and professor adami accepted mr ashburton's invitation they convened at the hotel in the rooms of the rankins from there they were to proceed to the restaurant honored by mr ashburton's patronage when miss rankin swept gracefully into the room the professional gentlemen felt fascination and surprise conflicting in their feelings she was radiant bewitching lively to effervescence her mother and mr ashburton hung enraptured upon her looks and words she was most becomingly clothed in pale blue oh bother she suddenly exclaimed most vivaciously i don't like this dress after all you must all wait she commanded with a captivating fling of her train until i change half an hour later she returned magnificent in a stunning costume of black lace i'll walk with you downstairs professor adami she declared with a charming smile halfway down she left his side abruptly and joined dr prince you have been such a benefit to me she said it's such a relief to get rid of that horrid feud thing heavens ripley did you forget those bonbons oh this horrid black dress i shouldn't have worn it it makes me think of funerals did you get the scent of those lilacs then it makes me think of the kentucky mountains how i wish i were back there aren't you fond of new york then asked dr prince regarding her interestedly she started at the sound of his voice and looked up vivaciously indeed i am she said earnestly i adore new york why i couldn't live without theatres and dances and my daily drives here oh ripley she called over her shoulder don't get that bull-pup i wanted i've changed my mind i want a pomeranian now don't forget they arrived on the pavement oh a carriage exclaimed miss rankin i don't want a carriage i want an auto send it away all right said rashburton cheerily i thought you said a carriage in obedience to orders the carriage rolled away and an open auto glided up in its place stuffy smelly thing cried miss rankin with a winsome pout we'll walk ripley you and dr prince look out for mamma come on professor adami the indulgent victims of the charming beauty obeyed 
the dear dear child exclaimed mrs rankin happily to dr prince how full of spirits and life she is getting to be she's so much improved from her old self lots said ashburton proudly and fatuously she's picked up the regular metropolitan gates chic and swell don't begin to express her she's cut out the pensive thought business up to date why she changes her mind every two minutes that's annabelle at the fashionable restaurant where they were soon seated dr prince found his curiosity and interest engaged by miss rankin's behaviour she was in an agreeably fascinating humour her actions were such as might be expected from an adored child whose vacillating whims were indulged by grovelling relatives she ordered article after article from the bill of fare petulantly countermanding nearly every one when they were set before her waiters flew and returned collided conciliated apologized and danced at her bidding her speech was quick and lively deliciously inconsistent abounding in contradictions conflicting statements bulls discrepancies and nonconformities in short she seemed to have acquired within the space of a few days all that inconsequent illogical frothiness that passes current among certain circles of fashionable life mr t ripley ashburton showed a doting appreciation and an added delight at the new charms of his fiancee charms that he at once recognized as the legal tender of his set later when the party had broken up dr prince and professor adami stood for a moment at a corner where their ways were to diverge well said the professor who was genially softened by the excellent supper and wine this time our young lady seems to be more fortunate the malady has been eradicated completely from her entity yes sir in good time our school will be recognized by all dr prince scrutinized the handsome refined countenance of the hypnotist he saw nothing there to indicate that his own diagnosis was even guessed at by that gentleman as you say he made answer she appears to have recovered as far as her friends can judge when he could spare the time dr prince again invaded the sanctum of the great grumbleton myers and together they absorbed the poison of nicotine yes said the great myers when the door was open and dr prince began to ooze out with the smoke i think you have come to the right decision as long as none of the persons concerned has any suspicion of the truth and is happy in the present circumstances i don't think it necessary to inform him that the fuditus bilorum et rancinorum how's the latin doctor has only been driven to miss rankin's brain end of section five